mothers, fathers, doctors, nurses inside the Lovejoy Surgery Center. We're here today to love you and to love your unborn child. And part of love, an unpopular part of love, is to speak truth. Love speaks truth. Love doesn't go along with evil. Love doesn't go along with deception or lies. Even massive cultural lies and deception. Love speaks truth. And so we're here to speak truth to you today. It's not my truth. It's God's truth. It's your truth. It's universal truth. And here is the truth that you need to hear today. The truth that you already know. You shall not murder. That's the law of God, my friends. That's written in Exodus chapter 20, verse 13. You can look it up on your smartphone. Exodus 20, 13. You shall not murder. It was written with the finger of God originally on two tablets of stone given to Moses on Mount Sinai. It's part of the Ten Commandments. In fact, it's the most well-known part of the Ten Commandments. You shall not murder. Oh, friends, I'm here to remind you that you are murdering beautiful baby boys and girls today. Doctors, nurses, you're murdering baby boys and girls for a living. Mothers and fathers, you, you think you're solving your problem by murdering your child today. But your child is not your problem. Your sin, my friends, your sin is your problem. Your lust, your sexual immorality, your lies, your deception, your self-centeredness. That's your problem, my friends. It's the problem of every man and woman. We're all sinners before holy God. Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and fallen short to the glory of God. Romans 3.9 says that there are none righteous, no, not one. There are none who understand, none who seek after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. Jeremiah 17.9 says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And then the Lord answers the question. He says in Jeremiah 17, verse 10, I, the Lord, search the heart, even to give it to every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. As Psalm 7:11 says, God is a just judge, and he is angry with the wicked every day. And friends, murder is wicked. That's why it's the most kn known commandment of the ten. You shall not murder. I talk to people all the time about heaven and hell, life and death. And I ask them, on that day they die, will they go to heaven? And the number one answer is, of course, yes. We all want to think we're going to heaven. And then they follow it up with, it's not like I've ever murdered anyone. But friends, we have a culture of murder. We're a, a culture of genocide. We've gotten so evil, so wicked, that we now boast our genocide. We boast our baby murder. We shout our abortion. We have celebrity actresses and singers, rock stars, pop stars, boasting their abortion. 
But friends, it's not a procedure. It's not a mere procedure they're boasting. It's the murder of a human being created in the image of God for the glory of God. And that's what you find very clearly in the Word of God. In Genesis chapter 1, the very first chapter, of the very first book of the Bible, it says in verse 16, God speaking, Let us make man in our image, male and female, He created them. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the triune God talking within the Godhead. And He says, Let us make man in our image, male and female, He created them. Every human being is created by God. Not just Adam and Eve in the garden, but every child conceived. There are no accidental children. There are no unplanned children. Every child is created in the image of God for the glory of God. Every child has an eternal soul just like you do. And friends, if you go through with the abortion procedure today, what you will have done is aborted a life, stopped a life. You will have murdered a human being created in God's image. You'll have stopped the beating heart of your beautiful baby boy or girl whose heart began to beat 18 to 21 days after conception. The murderous doctor that I just spoke to a few minutes ago as he was walking in carrying donuts into this place of murder, this murderous doctor has seen countless beating hearts because he rips babies limb from limb every day for a living. And he has seen countless beating hearts. He's probably almost certainly held them in his hand. How evil is that? To hold the beating hand of a baby boy or girl in his heart. He has seen their little faces, their little nose. He has counted countless little toes and fingers. He's ripped arms and legs off. He's crushed the skull of countless babies. He has reassembled thousands of babies because that's what they do after they suction your baby out of your body ripping your baby limb from limb with a cruel vacuum instrument or after they use forceps and just forcibly rip your baby limb from limb they place your baby in a tray and they make sure they have the left arm and the right arm and the left leg and the right leg and the torso and the skull, or the pieces of the skull that they have crushed with their forceps. That's what they do to make sure they haven't left behind any part of the baby boy or girl that they ripped limb from limb inside your womb. Because if they leave a portion of your baby, if they leave your baby's left arm, or your baby's right arm, or your baby's skull, or your baby's torso, or your baby's foot in your womb, then that will rot and you will go septic and you will die. Which, by the way, happens. It happens. Because it's not safe to murder a human being. It's not safe to murder your own child in your womb. In fact, the... The abortion procedure, the murder of the unborn child in the womb is the fifth cause of murder of mothers. Or excuse me, of death of mother, mothers. And so you cannot safely murder your child. Not now and not in light of eternity as you consider 
Hebrews 9.27, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. You will stand before God soon, because our lives are very short. You'll stand before God soon. You'll enter into eternity soon, and you'll give an account for this day and every day of your sinful life. But friends, this day is the Mount Everest of your sin. This day is the day that your lies and your lust and your sexual immorality all culminate, all peak out, all summit in the murder of your own beautiful child. You're going to pay a doctor to stop the beating heart of your baby boy or girl. You're going to pay a doctor to rip your child from your womb. And you think you're solving your problem, but dear mother, you're only opening up a, a Pandora's box of problems because the wage of sin is death. Death to your conscience, death to your psyche, death to your eternal soul, death under God's judgment in hell, the wage of sin is death. You're opening up the wage of sin, which is death. The physiological and the psychological ramifications of what you're doing will affect you the rest of your life. Your chances of cancer increase astronomically. Your chances of suicide, not just attempting it, but succeeding in suicide, increase exponentially. Your chance of drug and alcohol abuse and addiction increases exponentially. All related to the guilt of this evil deed you have premeditated today, the premeditated murder of your child. You see, God did not only write, you shall not murder, on those two tablets given to Moses at Mount Sinai in the Ten Commandments, God wrote, you shall not murder on your heart. It's written on your heart. Friends, there are many men who murder people out in society that end up going to the police station and confessing what they did, just simply out of their own guilt. There are many women who go and confess their guilt that they killed their husband or they killed their boyfriend or they killed some woman they were jealous of just out of their guilt because your God-given conscience can't bear up under the guilt. They've got to get it off their chest. And so I'm here to warn you today that the evil you have premeditated, the, the crushing and dismembering and murdering of your own child, you've worked hard to get this far. You've worked hard to walk through these doors of death, these doors of genocide. You've worked hard to get here today but you won't be able to work that hard tomorrow or the next day or the next day or next week or next month or next year you have suppressed the truth and unrighteousness you have pushed your conscience down like a beach ball under the water but the beach ball always comes bursting back out of the water your conscience will always come back to the surface when your head hits the pillow your conscience is going to cry out against you and you're not going to be able to sleep. That's one of that's one of the terrible ramifications of this evil deed you've come to do. Insomnia. Look it up. Post-abortion insomnia. Hear me, friends. You're not solving your problem. You're opening up Pandora's box of problems. Your problem is sin. Your problem is your own sin. And your own conscience is going to destroy you. Your own conscience is going to rip you apart from the inside out. But hear me, at the end of that road, unless you repent, at the end of the road, God, who is a just judge, God, who is holy, will cast you into hell. 
and you'll suffer the eternal judgment of God. The due penalty of your sin. Because it is evil to murder a human being. It is evil to crush the life of your own child and rip your child limb from limb or to pay another man to do it. A white-haired monster. That's what that doctor is. He's a butcher. He's a white-haired monster in there. He's lived a long and wicked life. He's been enriched through murder. An evil man. The lowest of the low of doctors. I, I wouldn't let him neuter my dog. I, I wouldn't let him touch my pet, much less my girlfriend or my wife. The man's a monster. He's a butcher. The doctor took an oath, like every doctor. It's called the Hippocratic Oath. Do no harm. Do no harm. It's the first priority. It's supposed to be the base level moral value of every doctor. Do no harm. And this doctor comes here and murders children for a living every day. Every day. He rips their arms off. He rips their little legs off. He crushes their heads. He watches their beating hearts stop beating. Every day. And just so you know, many times ambulances come to rescue women from this butcher because he perforates the uterus. And they're bleeding out on the table. And so the doctors have to call the real doctors. The butchers here at the Lovejoy Surgery Center have to call the real doctors. And the real doctors send an ambulance to come and rescue the women from the butcher. And they usher the woman off in an ambulance with the lights on down to the hospital up the street. The real hospital with real doctors who really do no harm, who save lives. And that happens regularly here. It's, it's tragic. I've watched many women rolled out the back door on a bed screaming or rolled out the back door unconscious looking like they're dead because this butcher did them harm. He didn't just murder their baby. He harmed the mother and murdered the baby. And every abortion, whether you are rolled out the back on a gurney with your life flowing out of you, bleeding out and you're rushed to the hospital or whether you consider it a successful abortion because you're rolled out the back door in a wheelchair and you go home. Oh friends, every abortion harms the mother and murders the child. The doctor who took the Hippocratic Oath is the highest hypocrite in the land. He is the greatest hypocrite because he makes his life murdering while he's taking an oath to do no harm. Consider with me today the Word of God. I want to speak to you about three truths, three truths about Jesus and abortion. Jesus and abortion from Matthew 18, or excuse me, from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Let's read that. If you have your smartphone, you can open it up and look up Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. And I'm reading today from the New King James Version. It says this, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. 
After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus, which means Savior. Jesus means Savior. What a precious name. The name of Jesus. I implore you, cry out now to Jesus. Cry out that He would save you. He will save you. He will rescue you. Run out of this place of death to He who is life. Run out of this place of darkness to He who is light. Run out of this place of damnation to the Savior, Jesus Christ. Fully God, eternally God the Son, who took upon Himself the additional nature of mankind, coming in the likeness of men yet without sin, born of the Virgin Mary, miraculously conceived through the power of the Holy Spirit in the womb, of Mary. Flee from your sin. Do you see where your sin has taken you? Do you see where your lies and your lust and your sexual immorality has taken you? You've arrived at the crossroads of life and death. You've arrived here today to become the mother of a murdered child. How horrifying is that? How terrifying is that? Your sin has found you out. You're sitting in a lobby waiting for your name to be called. The name your mother gave you very likely before you were even born so that you can murder your unborn baby. And you think you're solving your problem? Your problem is not your baby. Every baby is a blessing. Every baby is a blessing. Every baby's life is authored by God. Your problem is your sin. It's your sin that's destroying you. God gave you a blessing. What you meant for sin in an act of lust, God meant to be a gift. And He authored a life in your womb. You didn't create that life. God created that life. And that life is for His glory. That life is precious. Turn, my friends, from this evil while your baby yet lives. So I said three truths about Jesus and abortion. And we read Matthew chapter 1, verses 18-25. through 25. The first truth about abortion I want you to consider is Jesus was a miraculously conceived child. That's what the verse said, did it not? Consider verses 18-21. through 21. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph. Betrothed. In the Jewish world, a man and wife were betrothed to each other, and that was a contractual agreement that preceded the consummation 
of their marriage. They had not yet slept together. They had not yet had marital sex. They were betrothed to one another. And it says, before they came together, meaning having marital sex, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. This child was conceived in her womb. She was found with child. Friends, you have been found with child. Now, her child was conceived of the Holy Spirit. Your child was conceived very likely in the midst of fornication. Her child was a miracle. But in many ways, your child is no less miraculous because every life is precious. Every life is authored by God. Every life is given for the glory of God. Now, her child was God in flesh, Jesus the eternal Son of God who took upon Himself the additional nature of mankind, coming in the likeness of men, but without sin. But remember, Jesus in the womb, from conception, was a child. That's what the Word of God says. That's the truth. And hear me, all across Portland today, there are mothers waking up excited. They're excited. you know why? Because today's the day that their friends and family are going to come over, and they're going to celebrate their unborn child. They're going to have a baby Come on, you know the word. They're going to have a baby. You know, you celebrate an unborn baby. And a baby, say it, shower. A baby shower. They're going to celebrate the life of their unborn baby because they love their baby. They love their baby. They're not ashamed of their baby. They love their baby. And so they called their mother. They called their father. They called their friends. And they're having a celebration today of their unborn baby, their unborn child. And all the guests will come. And they will say, uh, what is the gender of the baby? They'll say, have you named the baby? Uh, they'll say, have you painted the child's room yet? Have you, have you provided for the child's college? Here, I want to give you a gift toward the child's future college. Anyone know that, that Gerber baby food college plan or insurance thing? Whatever that is. Anyway, people will come to the party they'll come to celebrate the life of the unborn child everyone there will call the child a child they'll call the baby a baby no one will call the baby a fetus no one will call the baby a choice no one would be insane enough to say have you decided whether or not you're going to keep the fetus at the baby shower no, no one would say such an evil thing because everyone knows the mother loves the baby. So in our confused culture, when a mother loves her unborn baby, the baby's a baby. When the mother loves her unborn child, the child's a child. It's precious. And the mother's expected to stop drinking coffee. The mother's expected to stop drinking alcohol. The mother's expected to take prenatal vitamins. The mother's expected to get rest because she's caring for her own life and the life of of a separate human being, her own baby, in her womb. In fact, in fact, in no less than 35 states in these United States of America, if you murder a pregnant woman, you go to jail not just for murdering the woman, but for murdering her child. The state recognizes the life of the unborn child if you murder a mother. Because everyone knows the truth. The truth that we find here in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, regarding Mary, that she was found with child. Mary was with child. That's what it means to be pregnant. You're with child. You have a child in your womb. A precious child created in the image of God. Of course, with Mary, it was God Himself. God in flesh. Jesus. And so, we find in 
Exodus 20, 13, I've already mentioned it, the command of God, you shall not murder. And many people say, but oh, it's, it's not a baby, it's just a blob of tissue. Well, hear me, you don't define truth, God defines truth. You don't get to define whether or not this is a human being. God has defined whether or not this is a human being. And God's word is clear that Mary, Mary had a child in her womb from the conception of Jesus. From the conception, Mary had a child in her womb. But you say, well, that, that's the word of God, and that has no bearing upon me. Oh, it does. It does, because it's God, your God. Not my God, your God. The God. The God of the cosmos. The God who created you and me and everything you see. The God you're going to give an account to in the day of judgment. The God who will either invite you into his kingdom or cast you into hell with his weeping and gnashing of teeth, where the worm does not die and the flame is not quenched. What does science say? What does the medical community say even about when life begins, when human life begins? Every human life begins at conception. That is the consensus of the medical community. Did you know that? I, I don't think you do. But you need to know it. Faye Waddleton, the longest reigning president of the largest abortion business in the United States, that's Faye Waddleton, who is the longest standing president of Planned Parenthood, argued as far back as 1997 that everyone already knows that abortion kills. She proclaims the following in an interview with MS Magazine. I myself have had an article in MS Magazine. Funny thing. But the president of Planned Parenthood, Faye Waddleton, said this in an interview with MS Magazine. Quote, I think we have deluded ourselves into believing that people don't know that abortion is killing. So any pretense that abortion is not killing is a signal of our ambivalence, a signal that we cannot say, yes, it kills a fetus. Hear me. If the president of Planned Parenthood is honest enough to say, yes, we're, we're killing fetuses, we can't deny that reality, then you ought not deny it either. And you say, well, but it's not a baby, it's a fetus. Well, how come at the baby shower it's a baby, but here at the Lovejoy Abortuary, the Lovejoy Genocide Center, it's a fetus. You must know that fetus is Latin, and it's just Latin sleight of hand, because fetus literally means, guess what? You guessed it. I know you already thought it. Fetus means, go ahead and say it out loud, baby. That's what fetus means, baby. Everyone knows, says the Planned Parenthood president, Faye Waddleton, everyone knows that abortion kills a baby. Over in Great Britain, Anne Ferretti, the chief executive of the largest independent abortion business in the UK, said this in a 2008 debate. She said, again, this is like her, the counterpart of Planned Parenthood's president, over in UK, Anne Ferretti, she said this, we can accept, quote, we can accept that the embryo is a living thing and the fact that it has a beating heart, that it has its own genetic system within it. It's clearly human in the sense that it's not a gerbil and we can recognize that it's a human life. And so even those at the helm of the abortion industry recognize this is a human life it's not a gerbil it's a human life they don't they don't try to tell the lie at that level they don't try to tell the lie because they know it's a lie and they know they'll be laughed at by scientific experts and medical experts 
who are given over to genocide. So they tell the truth. It's an embryo, a living embryo with a beating heart. It's a, as a separate genetic system, a separate genetic code from his or her mother. And we recognize that it's a human life. And so what they're saying is we're comfortable, we're fine, we're good. We'll be honest. We murder humans. We kill humans. That's what the president of the Planned Parenthood genocide company readily confesses. That's what Ann Ferretti, the chief executive of the largest independent abortion business in the UK, says as well. Naomi Wolf. Naomi Wolf, a prominent feminist author and abortion supporter, makes a similar confession. She wrote this, quote, Clinging to a rhetoric about abortion in which there is no life and no death, we entangle our beliefs in a series of self-delusions, fibs, and evasions. And we risk becoming precisely what our critics charge us with, being callous, selfish, and casually destructive men and women who share cheapened view of human life. We need to contextualize the fight to defend abortion rights with an immoral framework that admits that admits that the death of a fetus is a real death. That admits the death of a fetus, the death of a baby, is a real death. I mean, the woman is obviously morally confused, and yet she's arguing that we, we should not as in the abortion industry, we should not deny the humanity of the child, of the baby, of the fetus that we slaughter for a living. That's Naomi Wolf. David Boone, David Boone in his book, A Defense of Abortion, makes this startling admission. He says this, quote, In the top drawer of my desk, I keep a picture of my son. This picture was taken on September 7th, 1993, 24 weeks before he was born. The sonogram image is murky, but it reveals clear enough a small head tilted back slightly and an arm raised up and bent, with the hand pointing backward toward the face and the thumb extended out toward the mouth. There is no doubt in my mind that this picture, too, shows my son in a very early stage in his physical development, and there is no question that the position I defend in this book entails that it would have been morally permissible to end his life at this point. So he recognizes that he argues in his book, A Defense of Abortion, against the life of his own precious son. And he has that picture of his son up in his office as a precious picture of his unborn baby boy. And he's admitting the contradiction there, the moral contradiction, the logical contradiction, for him to be arguing for the murder and dismemberment of children just like his own son in that picture that he cherishes. How about Peter Singer, contemporary philosopher and a public abortion advocate? In his book, Practical Ethics, he says this, it is possible to give human, human being a precise meaning. We can use it as an equivalent to member of the species of Homo sapiens. Whether a being is a member of a given species is something that can be determined scientifically by an examination of the nature of the chromosomes in the cells of living organisms. In this sense, there is no doubt that from the first moments of its existence, an embryo 
conceived from human sperm and egg is a human being. An embryo conceived from the moment of conception is a human being. Friends, that's the consensus of scientists and medical professionals and even those men and women at the helm of the abortion industry. They're telling you the truth. Now here, here they'll deny that reality. And in your own conscience, I have no doubt that you've been denying that reality. You've been telling yourself lies that it's just tissue, that you're not really killing a human being. You're not really murdering an innocent human being created in the image of God. But friends, the Word of God is clear. And God is the one who defines truth. Hear me, the medical experts don't define truth, but they are right. Because what they have said about the unborn child is the same thing God's Word revealed 2,000 years ago in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. And so again, that first point, Jesus was a miraculously conceived child. Every child is precious. You shall not murder, my friends. You shall not murder any child, born, unborn. You shall not murder any human being, old, infirm. You shall not murder. The second point, Jesus was always a blessing. Jesus was always a blessing, but he was never convenient. That's the second point. Jesus, from the moment of conception, was always a blessing, but he was never convenient. Matthew chapter 1, verse 19. It says, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Joseph thought Mary had committed adultery. Joseph thought Mary had had sex with someone and gotten pregnant. And he didn't want to unduly shame her publicly. So he was going to put her away, divorce her quietly. So she would not be shamed. Didn't want to make her a public example. Friends, Jesus was never convenient. Children are conceived in all sorts of circumstances. Children are conceived in adultery. Children are conceived in fornication. Children are even conceived in the terrible situation of rape. But hear me. The rapist is the criminal, not the child. The rapist should get the death penalty, not the child. The child is precious. And if a mother who has been raped cannot raise the child, that doesn't justify her becoming a murderer of that child. She should give that child up for adoption. And there are thousands of mothers and fathers lined up waiting to adopt children right now. Do you know in the entire state of Oregon there was only a handful of children adopted last year? Just a handful of children adopted in the entire state of Oregon because we murder our children. We murder the children we don't want. We don't allow them to be adopted. We murder them. That's the evil of our genocidal society. Hear me, Mary was very young. This was a very inconvenient time in Mary's life. She was very young. She was betrothed. She had never had sexual relations with her husband or anyone else. 
and she was pregnant. She lived in a third world nation. She didn't live in America like you and I, the richest nation on the planet, the most blessed nation the world has ever known. She lived in a third world nation with very limited resources. But Jesus, like every unborn child, was precious. And Jesus was a child from conception, like every child, as you've already heard, even from those at the helm of the abortion industry. Science experts, actual scientists, medical experts, agree that human life begins at conception. And that abortion is the taking of a human life, is killing a human being. And so that second point, Jesus was always a blessing. Psalm 127.3, Psalm 127.3 says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. Children, every child, a heritage, a gift from the Lord. Every child conceived in your womb is a gift of God. Hear me, one day you're going to have children that you want. And if you go through with the premeditated murder of your child today, you're going to remember that you murdered the sibling of the child you want five years from now, the child you want ten years from now. You're going to remember that you murdered his or her sibling. And every time you look into the eyes of your son or daughter, you're going to remember that there are other little eyes that never got to open, that you'll never look into in this world. The eyes of that child that you sold to the Lovejoy Surgery Center. That's right. You signed paperwork that gave the Lovejoy Surgery Center the right to your child's body parts, to use them for scientific experiment, to use them for spare parts for other human beings. That's, that's what you signed when you walked in there. To use your, your child's stem cells, to use your child's tissues for vaccines, to protect the lives of other human beings. Oh, it's incredibly evil what you signed and what you're doing here today. And you'll remember that evil when you have the child that you want, when you have the child that you love. This child you're hating. This child you're hating, so you're going to murder this child because you're in love with yourself. But you're hating this child, and really you're destroying yourself. It's a destructive self-love. But hear the Word of God again, Psalm 127, 3, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. The fruit of the womb is a reward. The children of your womb are a reward. They are your greatest blessing. Good morning. Psalm 139.13 says this. Psalm 139.13 For you formed my inward parts. You formed me in my mother's womb. The psalmist speaking to God says you formed my inward parts. You formed me in my mother's womb. And that's true for every human being. God forms the child in the womb. It's not mere biology. It's the hand of God. You're not a dog. You're not a cat. Human beings have eternal souls. And God has authored their life for His glory. And so again, that first point, Jesus was a miraculously conceived child from conception. And we found from the scientific medical experts, we found even from those at the helm of the abortion industry, that they agree that every child is a child from conception. Every 
child conceived as a human being from conception and every abortion is the murder of a human being. That is the universal consensus because it's the truth of God's Word. And all true science comports with God's Word. The third, our second point, Jesus was always a blessing but never convenient. Jesus was never convenient. Not in His conception, not in His birth, not in His life. Jesus was never convenient. There are no convenient children. I have four children, not one of them is convenient. My oldest is 30 now. He's inconvenient. My youngest is 17. She's inconvenient. My three grandchildren are inconvenient. All human beings are inconvenient. Let me tell you, these, these guys I'm with, they are inconvenient. <laughs> All human beings are inconvenient. Human beings take love, they take care, they take resources. They're all inconvenient. Inconvenience is not a justification for murder. You were inconvenient to your mother and father when you were in the womb. But if they would have taken your life, that would have been murder. You were inconvenient, let me tell you, when you were six months old. But if they would have taken your life, that would have been murder. You were very inconvenient at two, and at three, and at four, and at five. And some of you may still be inconvenient basement dwellers right now in your parents' home. But hear me. That doesn't justify anyone murdering you. Your life is precious. Your life is for the glory of God. So again, the first point, Jesus was always a miraculously conceived child. Jesus, second point, was always a blessing but never convenient. And third point, Jesus was celebrated. Jesus was celebrated. Third point, Jesus was celebrated and named from conception and even before. Jesus was celebrated and named from his conception and even before his conception. Have you thought of that? Oh, mother, father, celebrate your child today. Love your child today. Name your child today. Don't murder your child. Don't murder your child. Don't step across the line in the sand and become the mother and father of a murdered baby. Love your baby. Let love win today. Let life win today. Love your baby. Again, that third point. Jesus was celebrated and named from conception and even before. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. The angel speaking, speaking to Joseph said this. So all this was done that it might be, or excuse me, verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Joseph finds out Mary is pregnant. Joseph finds out Mary is pregnant with a miraculously conceived child, conceived with the Holy Spirit. And Joseph is told by this angel from conception that his name shall be Jesus. And that God has a plan. He shall save his people from their sins. Oh friends, your child is a child from conception. Your child should be named not murdered. As you sit there waiting for your name to be called so you can go back and murder your unnamed child, your hated child, remember that your mother and father almost certainly named you while you were still in the womb. 
because they loved you. Will you not love your child? Will you not love your baby and name your baby today? Oh, friends, turn from this evil. Turn from this premeditated murder. Celebrate your unborn baby. Your problem is not your baby. Your problem is your sin. And your sin's going to find you out because God is a just judge and He's angry at the wicked every day. If He does not turn back, He sharpens His sword. He bends His bow. He makes for Himself instruments of death. He makes His arrows into fiery shafts. Hear me, God's bow of judgment is bent. The arrow is notched. It's ready to fly. If God lets loose of that arrow, you will die in an instant. It's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. God holds your precious life in His hand right at this moment. You must know that an abortion doctor just died. He was supposed to show up here to help murder babies, maybe to murder your baby, but he dropped dead before he could go to work. You must know another abortion doctor that worked here had a stroke. And he's near death as well. And he's no longer murdering children for a living. He's near eternal judgment as well. And you know that white-haired fiend that you called doctor here today, that butcher that is still here murdering, he will soon be dead as well. And in the lake of fire is a mass murderer. Perhaps you've been watching the news. A 92-year-old Nazi mass murderer was just found guilty of some 2,000 plus murders. This man, this abortion doctor, this abortion butcher, is no better than Adolf Hitler or Himmler or any of those death camp Auschwitz guards who turn the gas on in the gas chambers. in Nazi Germany. It's genocide. And you today are participating in the world's greatest genocide, murdering on a very personal level, murdering your own baby. Hear me, your sins will find you out, even as that abortion doctor is now dead. His sins found him out. It's appointed unto man once to die. Even as the abortion doctor just had a stroke and is near death, his sins found him out. It's appointed unto man once to die. Even as this doctor will soon be dead. And all the wealth he made murdering children. So he could go play golf. You get that, right? He's converting your baby's life into another golf trip. Into another trip to Hawaii. Into a house payment. Into a truck payment or a BMW payment. Oh, friends. What an evil thing. What an evil thing. Again, that third point. From Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 through 25, Jesus was celebrated and named from conception and before. Verse 21, he was named from conception. Jesus, which literally means Savior. Savior. Jesus means Savior. Turn to the Savior. He'll save you from the madness of your sin. Do you see where your sin has taken you? Sin makes us crazy. Sin makes us hate the people we love. Our sin makes us hateful toward our wives, toward our husbands, toward our children, to our fathers, our mothers, to our next door neighbor. Our, our sin makes us hate people because the, the tone of their skin is different than ours, the shape of their eye is different, the texture of their hair is different. 
Our sin makes us crazy to where we'll murder someone because they rooted for the other team. Sin makes you crazy to where you come to the Lovejoy Surgery Center and try to justify the murder of your child because you claim your child is unplanned, you claim your child is inconvenient, or you claim your child, your precious baby boy or girl, is not really a child, which again goes against the truth of God's Word, which is the truth, and without God's truth you have no path to truth. It's all arbitrary. But all true science, all true medicine recognizes, and even those at the helm of the abortion industry once again recognize and declare that the unborn child is just that, an unborn child, and that from conception it's a human being, and that every abortion is the killing of a human being. Don't kill your child today. Don't murder your child today. Don't step across the line in the sand of the mother of a living child and become the mother of a murdered child today. There's help available right now through Jesus the Savior. He has sent us here to preach His name, the Savior, that you can be saved from your sins. Saved right now. Saved from the ramifications of your sinful life right now. And saved eternally. Saved from the wrath of God. Saved out from under God's judgment to come beneath His love forever. The repentance of sin. To see your sin as God sees it. And to turn from it. To hate it as God hates it. And to turn from your life of sin. To turn from your lust. Your lies. Your deception. Your sexual immorality. And your murder. To turn to Christ to live. To turn and confess Jesus Christ as Lord. And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. And be saved as Romans 10.9 says. Or as Acts 4.12 says. Nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men. But which you must be saved. Oh friends turn to Jesus the Savior. Who was named from conception. Because he was celebrated from conception. Because his mother and father knew the truth and didn't deny the truth or suppress the truth like you are. Oh, friends, celebrate your child. Love your child and turn from your sin to Jesus the Savior. Confess Him as Lord and be saved. Be saved today. Saved from this sin and all your sin. Have your sin removed as far as the east is from the west. Have your sin washed away with the blood of the Lamb. For Jesus Christ Fully God, fully man, born of the Virgin Mary, was crucified to save sinners. He took the fullness of the wrath of the Almighty on the cross on behalf of all those who will repent and come to Him as Lord. He took the fullness of the wrath your sins deserve. He took eternity's hell on your behalf if you'll repent and confess Him as Lord. The last three words He said on the cross are this, It is finished in John 19 verse 30. It is finished! He finished the payment of sin. He bowed his head and gave up his spirit. He was buried and on the third day he rose again conquering sin and death and hell on your behalf if you'll repent. Oh, be saved today. Be saved today. Do you not see where your sin has taken you? Dear doctor. I said, dear doctor. I'm not your enemy. Your sin has made you a butcher. I expect when you became a doctor, you thought you were going to help people. I expect when you took that Hippocratic Oath, you meant it at the time, do no harm. But your sin beget sin and beget sin and you graduated from sin to sin to sin. And now your sin has found you out. 
Now you make a living as a butcher. And you know it, doctor. You know it, nurse. You know you're a butcher. You know you're a mass murderer. You know it. I don't have to tell you it. You know it. Don't die in your sin, dear doctor. Don't die in your sin, dear butcher. Don't die in your sin, dear nurse. Don't die in your sin, dear genocide. Author and participant. Turn from your sin. Turn to Christ and live. Turn to Christ and come under the grace and mercy of God now and forever. Become a child of God. Have your sins removed as far as the east is from the west. Have heaven forever opened and hell forever shut through repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. For there's no other name under heaven given among men by which they must be saved. Acts 4.12 No other name under heaven given among men by which they must be saved. You must be saved. You must be saved. For outside of Christ there's only certain judgment and hell. You must be saved. Again, that third point, Jesus was celebrated a name from conception. Matthew 1, Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. His name was declared as Jesus. Matthew 1, verse 23. His name is declared Emmanuel. God with us. And that's a quote of Isaiah 7.14. Isaiah 7.14 with the prophet Isaiah 700 years before the birth of Jesus declared that this child would be conceived. And the child conceived of the virgin would be Emmanuel. Meaning literally God with us. And that's who Jesus is. God with us. God our creator came into creation through the womb of the Virgin Mary. As John 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. And verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of that of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word was with God, the Word was God, the Word created all things. It's the second person of the Trinity. It's Jesus Christ. He is the Word, the fullest revelation of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld, we beheld His glory. The glory is of that of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Oh, friends, turn to the Word. Turn to Emmanuel, God with us. Turn to Jesus, the only Savior. For your sins are destroying you. Your problem is not your child. Your problem is your sin. And your problem is the wrath of God that your sins deserve. And Jesus is the only Savior. Jesus in John 14, 6 said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. You cannot get to the Father in heaven. You cannot receive the Father's mercy except through Jesus. He alone is the way and the truth and the life. Not Allah, not Shiva, not the false prophet Muhammad. Not Buddha, not Krishna, not just simply by trying to be better. You must come to Jesus. As 1 Timothy 2.5 says, Jesus is the one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. 1 Timothy 2.5 One mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Jesus. There's one means of mercy, one means of grace. It's by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone that you're saved. That any sinner can be saved. 
But hear me, Romans 6.23 says the wage of sin is death. What we earn in our sin every day is death. Your baby didn't earn death. Your baby's never sinned. You, you have earned death. I have earned death. The wage of sin is death. We work hard in our sin, earning death and death eternal. But the gift of God's eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord, Romans 6.23. Oh, won't you receive the gift today of life? Hear me, you've come today to give death to your baby, but God in His mercy has sent a man, a preacher, a pastor to plead for your life. On the day that you mean to be a day of death, God in His mercy sent a preacher to preach life, to preach the Savior. Oh, friends, don't go to hell. It's so common in our culture for people to get mad and say, go to hell. I'm here with the love of God saying, don't go to hell. Turn from sin, turn from death, turn to life through Jesus Christ. Repent, confess Christ as Lord, and be saved. Jesus was celebrated and named from conception and even before, as Matthew chapter 1, verse 23 says, his name should be called Emmanuel, meaning literally God with us, which is from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. A prophecy given by Isaiah the prophet 700 years before Jesus was conceived in his mother's womb. 700 years before the Holy Spirit did the miracle of conception and before the angel came and told Joseph, Hey, this child in the womb is not a child. It's illegitimate. It's not a child of adultery. It's a child of miracle. It's a child created through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not just a child. It's a God-child. It's Jesus. It's the second person of the Trinity. It's the Word become flesh. It's the incarnate God come to save sinners. God with us. Oh, friends, turn from your sin today. Turn from your sin today. You've heard three truths about Jesus and abortion. You've heard that Jesus was a miraculously conceived child. That He was a child from conception. And that every child is a child from conception. Every conceived human being is precious. And is a full human being with the full rights of a human being like you shall not murder from conception. Do you know the preamble? The preamble to our nation's founding document. It says we've been given certain unalienable rights, the right to life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness by our Creator. That our Creator has given us a certain inalienable right, meaning we cannot be alienated from it. It cannot be taken from us. Our rights don't come from the state. Our rights come from our Creator. Our rights come from God. And because every human being is created in the image of God, our nation's founding document, the Declaration of Independence, says that our Creator has given us the right to life. Only wicked men have come along and said, well, not if you're not born. No, if you haven't been born yet, nah, you don't have the right to life. No. Or liberty or the pursuit of happiness. Oh, friends, that's a lie. Every human being, born and unborn, and it's not a debate as to whether the unborn child from conception is a human being. It's a fact. It's a fact of God's Word which defines all truth. And true science comports with God's truth. And so, oddly enough, science agrees that from conception 
Human beings are human beings, and that abortion is the taking of human life or murder. The fact that the state says it's legal doesn't make it legal. That 92-year-old Nazi, when he murdered those 2,000 and some Jews, the murder of Jews in Nazi Germany was legal. It was legal because the state had dehumanized Jews and declared them subhuman so they don't have basic human rights like the right to life and liberty and pursuit of happiness. So they slaughtered millions of Jews just like America slaughters millions of unborn children. Oh friends, you're participating in genocide. Repent. Repent. Turn to Christ and live while there's time. If your baby still lives, stand up. Stand up while there's time. Don't sit there and wait for them to call your name so your unnamed, unloved baby can be murdered. Stand up. Flee from death. Flee from hell. Flee to Jesus, the only Savior. While there's time. If you need help, there's help available. Right now. Call 1-800-335-7146. 1-800-335-7146. There's help available for you and your baby right now. Call 1-800-335-7146. You have no justification for the murder of your baby. You live in the richest nation on the planet. More resources available to you than have ever been available to any human being that's ever lived. There are people lined up to help you. There are mothers and fathers lined up to adopt your baby. We have at least one couple in our church that would adopt your baby right now. Stand up, friends. Don't sit there and wait for your baby to die. Don't become the mother of a murdered child today. You're a murdered child. Don't be rolled out the back door in a wheelchair and go home as a murderer under the judgment of God. Repent! 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 Confess Christ as Lord and be saved! Don't die in your sins. Consider the mercy of God to send the message of hope, the message of life, the message of forgiveness, the message of salvation to you in your darkest day, to you in your most wicked day, to you in the day you, you are premeditated and you're seeking to carry out the murder of your child, and yet God in His mercy has sent a message of life. Don't spurn it. Don't reject it. Don't deny it. Come to Christ and live.